What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can also find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Mound and Tranger. Tom Mound and Randy Tranger are board certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal offense. As certified trial attorneys, they've recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. <laughs> I just try to hold my laugh. <laughs> this is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kula. What's going on, everyone? Hope we all had another great week. We got a couple things to talk about, and then we're going to send you to our interview with 2023 New Jersey Am winner Jack Wall. Jack's third time on the show. So we're we're pretty pretty familiar with him to say the least, and uh, but we talk about the AM and his win and um, kind of a whole, you know a whole slew of things. So make sure you're sticking around to listen to that. But before we get into that, we want to remind you guys that we have limited edition drop podcast polos at flukeapparelco.com. Go check them out. We've been we've been pushing them. Uh, the I feel like it's starting to starting to trend. Um, you know, spiral downhill or, or the snowball effect where like more people are starting to see them, more people are, are talking about them. They're really, really good. The material's excellent. Uh, Jack was wearing it in the third round at the AM and they're awesome. They look great. They feel great. Uh, we have mentioned if you're, if you're bigger like me, you're going to want to size up. Uh, if you're, if you're a small fella like Mike, uh, you know, regular size is fine for you, but they are a little bit of that like athletic fitting uh, cut, you know, with the with the spandex kind of material. So it's it they're awesome, but just keep that in mind if you're purchasing one of them. And, and to echo that point, Ryan, I mean, listen, I can't tell you how many listeners and followers have have DM me pictures of them wearing them, of them getting them. Or even, you know, text messages of them wearing them on the golf course. Like, I, I can't emphasize it enough. Like, it's not just a a average polo that you're wearing because it has our logo on it. It is a very high quality shirt that that you can wear. And and I and I can't emphasize it enough that if you do get one, listen, DM me the picture, send me the picture. We love to see it. Um, we want to keep pushing them out there because just like anything, the more eyes and ears get get on this. Um, and get on the podcast, and more the the better that it becomes. So, again, you know, go check it out, flukeapparelco.com. Right there in the golf collection, you'll see ours. Um, right there, three different colors, three different designs. Um, go check it out. Go pick one up today. So the New Jersey 
State Open is currently going on. Uh, this episode's coming out Wednesday, so we're going to have a winner today. Uh, but we did want to throw a good luck to everybody uh, who's participating. We got a crew of guys. I think we got we got a nice little a nice little stable of 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 guys, Mike, that we've interacted with, had on. Like like I mentioned at the top here, we've we've had Jack on three times, and you know we're we're starting to we're starting to get a crew of people. It's so. Best of luck to them and and really everybody in the field. It's awesome that people have qualified to get there and and all that. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing couple days or has been an amazing couple days um, by the time this comes out. So so best of luck and whoever does win, uh, you know you're going to be expect a DM or a text or an email or we're getting in touch with you because you're coming on the show. So get ready for it. All right, like I said, we we, we talked to Jack for. Nearly an hour, so we're gonna we're gonna throw you right to Jack. Uh, our interview with him um, again. Jack's an, an amazing young man with an extremely bright future. Winner of the 2023 New Jersey Amateur at Manasquan River Golf Club. Jack Wall, enjoy. So today's guest is is a three-time guest on the show. And I think that speaks to the accomplishments that, that Jack Wall has had in the past, you know, 10 months or so. You know, today's guest is the reigning and recent New Jersey State Golf Association's amateur champion, Jack Wall. Jack, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Jack, thank you. Awesome to have you again. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. I think when we talk about having guests on it, the idea is like, let's try to get as many different people, you know, up and down the state as we can. But I think in terms of your accomplishments the past 10 months, and maybe even less than at this point, it's hard not to have you on as much as we are. So I mean, like, how are you feeling before we even get into the, the am like, how are you feeling mentally, physically, emotionally going through everything? Uh, tired. That's definitely uh, one of the most frequent emotions and feelings is yet just exhausted and tired. But uh, in the end, like I'm playing so much golf and I love playing so much golf that like doesn't matter to me. And so much has been going on. Like there's so many opportunities, so many tournaments to play that like it's hard to pick and choose. It's hard to miss some because you'll look at leaderboards and be like, Oh, what would I have shot? Uh, so I would, I wouldn't have it any other way with that way. How, how often are you getting out in tournaments right now? I, I know you just got back from the Southern Am and, and I know that the New Jersey Am was just a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it is now. Like what was, was there something in between? Like how often are we, are we doing something every week? Uh, I'm kind of in the, uh, the busy part of my summer schedule. So the state am really started this little stretch. So state am uh, played in the Southern. Um, so that was, you know, it was supposed to be 72 holes, four days, and then you got to throw in a practice round. You got to throw in travel. So really I was there Monday. Um, so, so they're long trips. They're, they're not short They're They'll beat you up. Um, and then stayed open, obviously, tomorrow. So right into it with that. And then 
couple days off and then traveling out to Chicago for the Western. And that'll be kind of the last part of my, uh, my little stretch for the summer. And it was good before the state am I had like probably two, two weeks where I could just hang out at home and, you know, play some fun golf, hang out with friends, uh, you know, really have a summer, which is, is good because we're so busy during the, the college season and it's, it's nonstop. So you really do have to, you know, budget some time, take a break, get away from it. And, you know, I somehow find myself at a golf course, but there's a huge difference between, you know, social fun golf and competitive golf. So just kind of budgeting that time for the summer was, was really important. So I actually want to come back to the Western Open um, in a minute, but when does your, with this stretch of having so much golf in such a short amount of time, when does your, like, what's the time then in between that and your college season starting? Uh, so basically, I think we have to be back at school. I think the first day of class are like August 23rd. Um, so I'll have some time after the, the Western Am to kind of, you know, enjoy home a little bit and then recharge the, the batteries and head off to school the 22nd or 23rd, whatever it is. And then I think our first event's middle of September. So there's a, there's a little time there. Once we get back to school, qualifying and kind of all that stuff comes up quick because you're kind of doing so you're being tossed in a million different directions with trying to get cleared to play, figuring out classes, you know, just kind of all that stuff gets a little uh, hectic. So, but there's, there's a good amount of time and they, Texas tech has done a fantastic job with us with scheduling and making sure that, you know, we're not too stressed, which is nice. Dude, that's, that, that is a loaded, that is a loaded probably five week schedule. I mean, when you think about like the state am here in New Jersey and and no offense, I I know we're, we'll get deep into that aspect of this, but like, not only just like you playing in the state am, but like, it's family, it's friends, it's the members, it's the professional staff. It's like everybody's there. No offense, like you were that guy in terms with with that scarlet letter on your back. Like you should win this in everybody's mind. And then the fact you have to go out and do it, and it's not 72 holes, it's three additional holes for the playoff. And then you're gearing all these things back into it where, where you got the Southern Am, and then you got the State Open, and then you got the Western Am, and oh, by the way, then school starts up again. Like that is a stretch you know, for anybody, let alone like a golf junkie that is like a golf all in. So like, I can only imagine like the mental side of things where you're just like, dude, I need to shut down. I need to wind down and I just need to be a a kid at times. Yeah. These, uh, you know, these local events, the, the NJSGA stuff, the, the Mets stuff, it's almost like it is like taking a break. Um, like the state ambient at Manus one, like sleeping in my own bed. I'm happier than I ever have been on a golf course. I mean, ever since I think it was 2012 when Manus one hosted the state open, I've always wanted, I saw Jerry and Ethan play and I was jealous. Like I wasn't old enough. I, you know, I just remember that week being like, I just want to play one event at Manus one and uh, to have it this year was pretty cool. But I mean, it's so relaxed and I'm so comfortable at Manuscorn that like it was basically just a couple fun days playing golf. Like it wasn't it didn't feel like a, you know, real competitive, probably not until Wednesday when, you know, we're getting to the end of it. But um, so like the state am and state open more are relaxing and 
it's almost like I can focus on being competitive in those tournaments, but I can also focus on like, these are recharging my batteries because I'm, I'm seeing friends. I'm playing with a, a bunch of my close friends and we're having fun. So yeah, it's uh it was a good schedule. I, I liked how I kind of did it this summer. So hopefully I can do it in the future. Equity three real estate is a full service commercial real estate brokerage management and development company based out of Paramus, New Jersey. Equity three real estate focuses heavily in Northern New Jersey. They cover industrial multifamily office retail and vacant land properties, as well as specializing in medical offices. They manage over 400,000 square feet of varying property types for passive investors. Their clients range from small to mid-range building owners and larger brokerages. So if you're looking for the right team to help you win, go check them out at www.equity3re.com or give them a call at 201-261-4300. That's 201-261-4300. You won't be disappointed. Jack is I I was there on Monday as as you saw and as you know, I've already talked about watching you out there at Manasquan you what exactly what you just said is the feel you got like this is a pressure packed situation you could tell that people were nervous uh, you could tell that you know tournament golf brings in its own slew of things as it is but you just looked like you were having such a fun time out there. Um, especially the round I watched with, um, um, with Pat and Will, it just, it looked like you were having just, a like a Saturday morning round, you know, that, that Hey, we're going to play, you know, we're going to put, you know, we're going to play a, a, a 10, 10, 20 match and, and have fun. It was just like, it was so, I thought you did a great job of not letting any of that pressure that could very easily leak in. Uh, you you did a great job of controlling that, as someone rightly predicted on this show. <laughs> but that was the most impressive thing that I saw there. Well, that was my that was my main goal of the week. Like I, I my golf game was, you know, if I showed up with my A game, my B game, like it really didn't matter to me at that point because I'm so familiar with the course. I don't really have to think much about playing. It's not like, you know, a course that I have to travel to where I haven't played it too much. So I don't know the bounces. I don't know the plays off certainty. So, you know, I could go out there and not think about a thing, relax, have fun, laugh a couple times with, you know, Pat and Will. That's always a good time. And But uh, that was the main goal of the week was just to uh, kind of tune out everything from the outside and have fun and play Manuscon how I would normally play it on a Saturday morning, like, I'm not going to change, I wasn't going to change any, you know, of my game plan just because, you know, I felt pressure or so I just acknowledged it was there and then moved on from it. Cause that's all you can do. If you get caught up in that stuff, it's very easy to, uh, you know, let it affect how you play. And, you know, I just, I'm actually, I'm, I'm very happy with how I handled it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it was the most impressive thing because it, it is very easy to get bogged down by those kind of things, especially when your mind is at ease with so many other things. It's easy to let your mind fill up with with other stuff, and, and whether it's positive or negative, but not allowing that to, to filter in. It, again, it was really super impressive. So 
really let's dive into you. the yeah. Let's dive into the tournament because I, I think, like anybody, and I know it's a constant theme on here. Like I am an avid watcher. I I am always refreshing golf genius trying to get like what's going on like i did it this week for you at the southern am like seeing you make the cut there was just like huge so like i'm always checking these scores and i think when i like look back at the the state am here in new jersey like i felt like it was like and i know this may seem like a crazy analogy but like i felt like it was like a tiger woods approach where you weren't looking to go out there and shoot 65 round one and just run away with the thing it was like it was like you prodded along, like you were right there in the shadows, and everybody knew that Jack Wall knew the golf course in and out. And it wasn't like you did anything that was like a a super like, oh, he made eagle and hold out on four. Like it wasn't anything like that. So like when you look back at like your Monday and Tuesday round leading up into that final day, like I know you shot 72 the first round. You know, you're still, you know, a few back of the leaders. And then when you got into Tuesday, if you take away that triple on 17, you still shoot one under. Like, what was your thought process after Monday and Tuesday heading into that, you know, final day? I mean, the state am is I've played in enough state ams where I know exactly what to expect. And Monday and Tuesday are all about kind of surviving and putting yourself in a position where you know, you don't have to go out there and have a five shot lead going into Wednesday to, you know, feel comfortable with it. Like just survive the first two days, be in contention and then get to work on Wednesday. It's a long day. You got 36. It's, you know, that people are going to, you know, get tired. You know, they may struggle, especially with how tough the golf course was playing. So it was basically just stay in it. And then Wednesday, take advantage of, you know, being at your home course and have fun with it. And that's all you can do. And then see how it works out in the end. That's something that I talked about, Jack. Did you feel like being someone who plays and practices as much golf? Like, did you feel like people were kind of falling around? Um, like you're just kind of the last person standing because, because that hey, that last day is grueling, but you've already had two grueling days ahead of it. Did you feel like you were just kind of able to let them, like, let people get, and I don't want to, like, call anybody out of shape or whatever, but, like, four rounds of golf in three days is a lot of golf. So, like, the swing gets a little a little tired. Yours is able to withstand that. Were you able to just kind of watch some people kind of fall away or know that, like, all right, someone went, someone had a great day on, on day one. They're not going to be able to do that on, on round four or in round four. Um, there's not, I mean, you don't really expect anybody to, you know, fall back or struggle. I mean, you just expect them to go play well, especially, you know, you see those guys who were, were playing well at the beginning of the week, like you fully expect those guys to continue to play well. Um, I think it put my mind at ease knowing that the golf course was playing so tough, like seeing it in the morning and it getting a little windy towards the afternoon, um, on Wednesday, like you could kind of sit there and be like, if I shoot two under, I'm going to be gaining on the field. And, you know, it does, it, it's very easy to go out on Manusquan with those conditions and, you know, shoot one or two over like it's, and not even play that bad. So um, it's more of just focus. It was just focusing on myself going out there, 
it was a great pairing, you know, being with, with Stammy um, was fantastic. And we, you know, it was just like an, another round of golf, which was great, but uh, yeah, just go out there, focus on myself, on my game, execute some shots and see where it put me. And I think leading into that final day, you know, obviously before we get into the round, I do want to personally thank you for rocking one of those polos. You know, I, I, I know that I think you echo this, that, you know, fluke apparel, the, the material, the claw, the clothes, everything is like very, very nice material, the whole nine. So it's not so much just like the gear, but like seeing you out there, I think in that polo, first off, I, you know, I know Ryan and I greatly, greatly appreciate that. The shirt is great. Um, it turned out great. The, you know, the design, the feel fit, everything, it turned out perfect. And, uh, you know, happy to, to wear it that Monday or that Wednesday in the morning. Um, wish I, I mean, could have had to, had to rep Maniscon in the afternoon. So had to do that, but that was a no brainer. I knew that was a no brainer. Listen, it was, it was a huge win to see you in it. Nonetheless, forget about like which round it was first, second, third or fourth, like seeing you in it was like, wow. Okay. That is like, and, and like, and I think that's kind of something in terms of like fluke apparel specifically, like it's not something that Ryan and I have just like said, it's good stuff. It's good material. It fits well, but seeing someone like you wear it and, and echo the same sentiments that we do, I think further justifies the material and the product itself. Now, Chris at Fluke does a fantastic job and uh, the shirts are great. And I know he's got a lot of stuff in the works. So, um, everybody should be on the lookout for that for that gear that's coming out but on it i mean all my experience with fluke and with chris has been incredible and i mean you guys and his partnership and it, it's really cool to see and to to wear it is uh is great all county exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, roofs for troops, and parents of autistic children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. Yeah, so so let's get into the final round. You know, th- you know, the third round for me was all about the shirt. I saw it, I loved it, and and the fact is, you didn't play poorly at all either. It was two birdies, two bogeys, just a solid round of golf. Love that. But let's get into the final round because I had I was getting a gazillion texts about what was going on throughout the round because I don't know if it was your job or Stammy's job. Nobody was putting in the scores. So I had no clue what was going on, but people are texting me like, oh, you know, Jack just birdied seven. He birdied eight. 
And I'm like, all right, so now I'm going through the mix. And they're like, oh, he's on the back nine. And he birdied 12 and 13. And I'm looking at the scores and it still doesn't, has nothing updated. And I'm texting Ryan. I'm texting this guy. I'm texting that guy. Like trying to figure out what's going on. And obviously when you get to the final four holes, and this is something that I said a few weeks back as the preview, like those four holes to finish the round were going to make or break whether someone won or lost the round. And I think the birdies that you made on 12 and 13 that kind of led into 15, obviously after you three-putt and make double on 15, right? What's your thought process going to the 16? Because I know that 16 was another struggle. Like, is that playing a mental game in your mind saying like, oh, is this slipping out of my fingers a little bit? First, initially, yes. I'm like, oh my, I can't believe I just did that. Like, you know, it should have been really a four at worst. And that was kind of my problem all week. I struggled on the greens. I think everybody did. But, you know, I missed so many opportunities. And like, I think I counted the morning round on Wednesday. I think I missed... I think it was five or six putts inside of like seven feet that, you know, realistically probably should have made at least four or five of them. So you just, I mean, they just, they just add up. And that was the the theme throughout the week was that I was just missing makeable putts and um, I was hitting the ball good. And, but yeah, the, that the tee shot on 12 was probably the most important shot of the week in the afternoon on Wednesday um, coming off of a par on 11, which is always kind of a dagger. Uh, it's a gettable hole. And, you know, there's not too many birdies when coming down the stretch. Um, so you really have to take advantage of, you know, seven through 14 is really the the stretch where you got to make up a lot of ground. And uh, like Stamberger did the first day where just rattling off birdies. Um, so yeah, that, that hurt a little bit, but, but putting it in the fairway with driver on 12, you know, just, you know, putting it 60 yards out with a, a pretty straightforward pitch to get up to that top tier and then to make the putt was, was nice. And then 13, hitting a really solid drive and then chipping it up to probably 10 feet and making that was huge. Um, and at that point, I was like, all right, I, I'm in it. I know what to do. Um, and then 15 obviously happened and things could have gotten away from me, but I still knew, like, these. I know what these holes can do. I just did it. Somebody else could easily do it. So keep your head down, focus. And then honestly, on 16, I definitely hit two better shots, two of my better shots from the week. They were, I mean, perfect driver down the middle. And then just this little flight at eight iron into the wind. And honestly, I thought it was going to be like two feet. I hit it and was like, that's perfect. And it landed, kind of skipped and went over the green. And I'm like, oh my God, like that was. I thought it was going to be a chance to get one back. And then turns out I, I'm fighting for par and then missing a short putt and having to make a four or five footer for bogey. And I'm like, all right, I'm still in it. Cause I know, I mean, these holes are hard, especially when it's blowing 15 miles an hour. So head down, continue to do it. Made a good par on 17, got up and down. And then 18 obviously was a nice birdie. So Jack watching you play the 18th hole, it was it was incredible doing it on Monday and then watching it live on you know on the on the feed. I'm just gonna say the balls it takes to take driver out when you're up a bunch in in a playoff like that and drive the green and be so close is is amazing to me. Was there any thought 
of doing something else or you're just, this is what I do. I know that I do this. I'm taking all the bunkers out of play. The worst case, I'm just up near the green. Yeah, I actually went to my caddy and uh, I was like, there's no chance I'm hitting iron. Like it's because it's honestly more nerve wracking hitting, hitting an iron off that tee for me than hitting driver. Like, I mean, it's very easy. You got the trees on the right and the mounds, which are, are no good. Like you're probably at that point, you're probably chipping back into the fairway, wedging it on. And there's just so much that can happen. Uh, the, the OB sneaks in there pretty close. If you, you know, get a little quick on an iron shot, hook one, it's very easy to, to hit it and have it run OB and hit the car path, all that stuff. The bunkers are, are not easy. So there's so many, you know, factors that i'm just standing there i'm like i'm not even gonna entertain those those options so got up took out the driver and i mean it it's so wide up there you can hit it right even the ob opens up on the left so if you do get a little quick on one and it goes a little left at the cart path it's still gonna be fine right so, you're, and you're hitting it far enough where yeah where you're taking that out a little bit right and at that point it's just like I'm I'm probably going to fly the last bunker on the left. So that'll run all the way up to that green side bunker. And then if I hit it perfect, it's, you know, just short right of the green, which uh, obviously I didn't regulation. I did on Monday too. And actually on Monday, um, I hit a really good drive, had it just short right of the green, had a straightforward pitch. And I, I actually hit the pitch too cleanly. Like it came out really low and spinny. And uh, I was upstairs on the terrace after, and I was just, everybody I was talking to, I was like, that that chip, I think I left it like 15, 20 feet short. I was like, that chip's going to keep me up tonight. Like all the, the bogeys that I made, like those were whatever. It was that one chip that kept me up uh, Monday night because, you know, 18 straightforward pitch, it's, it's when you want to get close. But You, you know, a- it, it kept me up too. I really was disappointed in that effort. It just, <laughs> I just, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't imagine that you did something like that. It's one of those ones that just like, I mean, it jumps right at you and it's like, oh, you got to, it's a little into the wind. You have some green to work with. It's perfect for just a little high spinny. And uh, I, you know, it's like you're licking your chops to hit it and you hit it and you're like, I really wish I could do that again. And it was nice because I had a similar pitch on or chip shot on 18 in regulation on Wednesday. So I was able to uh, do a little better the second time. Nice. I I think that's the difference between Jack and I, and really the only difference between Jack and I is that I'm taking pitching wedge off the off the tee on 18, and going wedge wedge wedge, maybe even wedge again until I get up to the green. There's just no chance I'm taking driver out there. <laughs> and Jack's playing through you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack, like, so when you go back to the to the final round, and then Jack Simon makes that big birdie on 17 to tie you. Um, you know, that was a clutch birdie for someone like him down a stretch because he really wasn't playing well. I mean, he had made a double on, on six and he, you know, he made bogeys on 12 and 13. So he was kind of like falling back and then he had that tough stretch. And I think when you look at his final round and he played 15, 16, 17, 18 at one under par, like that's a huge take undertaking knowing that like he needed to get one under in there and then going to the playoff, like. What was the mentality teeing off on 16? Like, I know you both didn't drive it necessarily well off the tee on 16, but he got it worse than you did. 
Um, what was the thought process going into the 16? Did you think like three pars was going to get it done? I didn't really have a, an expectation for what the number would be. Uh, okay. In the playoff. Um, I will start with, you know, he Jack played fantastic all week to, I mean, one of three guys under par at a very, you know, difficult golf course um, is, is very impressive. And, you know, he's definitely going to put his name on the trophy at, at some point, you know, I've been in his shoes. I, I've lost in a playoff in the stadium to uh, Dylan Stein back at Echo Lake. I, I mean, I know the feeling it sucks. It's, you know, but it also, it, I mean, it leads you to this, it leads you to, you know, a few years later, you come back and you win it. So I have no, I have no doubt that he's, you know, going to put his name on the trophy. Um, he's a very good player. And I, it just, I mean, that last stretch in regulation playing those holes one under par under pressure um, is very impressive. And, you know, that's something he can, he can take a lot of positives from, which is nice. And I think he'll bounce back at the state open and be a contender for sure. So, but uh, yeah, there's no expectation as in first score in the playoff that you don't really know what to expect. Yeah. They're very tough holes, but they could also, you know, like Jack did in regulation, you can play him under par. So you just never know. So it's basically just play match play and hit some good shots and see where it takes you. And that's probably the local knowledge. I hit a worse tee shot, which is better on 16. The more you miss it, the kind of the flatter those hills get. Um, and I still didn't have a fantastic fly, but, you know, it was enough to get over the creek and put myself with one of those pitches that's just straight into the wind. You can just fly it there and, you know, he was, I, I've been where he was so many times and I, you know, you know what lie you get in that fescue in those mounds. And you just, I, I mean, I kind of knew that once I saw that it was in there, it was like probably going to be a chip out. Um, and then same thing on 17, that, that waste area, that those bunkers are, you know, they're dead. They're 17 might've been worse. Yeah. No, it, it, from the look of it, it definitely was, I mean, I've, I avoid those the waste area on 17 at all costs. And that's I I changed completely how I play the hole. I'm, you know, I'm hitting three iron now. I'm not hitting anything more than that. There's just no point. Um, because you hit it in left on 17 of that waste area, you're probably making it best five, like realistically. Yeah, I mean and the fact that he had to go backwards on his on basically on a chip out and it still hardly advanced the golf ball and he's going the other direction, I think speaks to like how difficult it is when you do miss it left on 17, which, you know, then he makes triple on 17 after making double on 16. You're walking into 18 with basically a five-shot lead. And, I mean, from that point on, I think that kind of ties into, like, Ryan's point earlier about still having, you know, the guts to say, hey, listen, this is my plan. I'm taking out the big stick, and I'm driving the green. And then to find out, like, where that ball ended up and and to say, like, when when you see your like it's it's 10 feet below the hole correct for eagle like you probably can't place the ball any better it was ideal i mean it was, it I was know. <laughs> it's, it's it's something that won't probably happen again at least in yeah, i just can't see my like having it work out that perfect ever again honestly i mean 
I mean, to be able to have the uh, the driver hit the green so softly that it doesn't run past or run through. Like, it, it looked, I don't know, I didn't see where it landed, but I saw where it ended, and, and there's no way to, like, run it up there. That, that front bunker... Do you know if it bounced way. over the bunker or no. landed on the green? No, so it, it landed short right of the greenside bunker, and it literally, I think it, everybody was saying it came within probably six inches of that bunker, and then it caught the right edge of the green and went up and kind of did the loop. Ah. Um, okay. But that, that's not even close to what I expected. I, I mean, I hit the drive, and I knew it was good. I knew it was down the middle, and I was expecting it to be just short right of the green where, you know, it is – 99% of the time, which is what I was expecting. And then um, walking up, had, I mean, I, I didn't see it. So I got within probably 75 yards of the green and was like, where's my ball? Like it must have, you know, ended up in the bunker or something, got a bad kick. And then I looked over, I think I saw Tyler, the assistant pro, and he kind of just looked at me and I think he was like, it's it's six feet or something. Or he yelled something over, and I was like, you're kidding. Like, it, it, like no way. Like, it's, I've never done this. I don't – I cannot remember ever driving the green from the black tee. I think I've maybe done it from, like, the white tee. But I can't even remember a time I've really done that. But, yeah, that is something that probably won't happen again for, for a little bit. So, uh, I, I, I really uh, – when I got up there, I was very happy to see that it was on there on probably eight feet from the hole, 10 feet from the hole for Eagle, which was nice. Perfect time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, nonetheless. And you know, it's even, I think the, like the icing on the cake too, when you do something like that is the finishing hole there at Manasquan River with everybody watching from not only the first tee, but up on, you know, the deck area, the patio overlooking everything. I think the idea of, and to steal the NGSJ's phrase, like the hometown hero doing what he did on the final hole in front of everybody is like, after you make that final putt, that that sigh of, of relief or that look on your face really was like, I did it, wow. Like explain that emotion after you make that final putt. Um, well, first off, I, re I really, really, really wanted to make that. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought that might've been the first comment. I mean, one, you don't, you don't hit a tee shot like that ever. So when you do hit it, you're like, all right, I actually have to like, let's take advantage uh, thing to make it worth it. And then, uh, I actually hit a really good putt. That was a putt. I was proud. I hit like. Hit it right down my line, just missed it a touch high, missed on the pro side. So um, it was a good putt. Definitely wish it would have went in, but it is what it is. And um, but yeah, it's a, we kind of we have a Manscorn is a really nice setup with uh, you know, everybody watching on the terrace, the porch, um, the first tee box being right there, and it's elevated so everybody can see the whole what's going on with you know, putts and everything. Um so, you know, getting over that, you know, four inch putter, whatever it was before I hit it, I knew like it started kind of, you know, I started getting a little emotional and thinking about what, you know, I did and just proud of myself for, you know, staying in it and overcoming the, the pressure and all that stuff meant, you know, the world to me. And then to share it with, you know, the membership, 
family, friends, uh, girlfriend, just everybody um, to share with them is is incredible. And, you know, it's it's a tournament I've been looking forward to since I knew we were having it. So, um, yeah, the, the emotion definitely came out of me. Uh, and I still I still can't believe it, it happened, which still trying to wrap my head around it. But it was emotional for sure. And then uh, seeing everybody afterwards and talking with everybody, you know, just made it that much more special. Matera's Italian Market and Catering Company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Matera's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matera's On Park app in Apple and Google stores. Above the market, a private space called The Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram at Matara's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao. Matara's, you'll walk in a stranger, leave his family. And I, and I think to, to put a bow on it, I think the idea that, you know, Manasquan River has not hosted the state am since 93. And when it was held at Manasquan River 93, the winner of the event was Mr. Housen. And to know that like when 93 came around, he found a way to get it done at the home course. And then, you know, years later, it's back at Manasquan River and the hometown hero does it as well. Like I think being in that category with a name like that, I mean, I know you and I both truly understand the things that Mr. Housen has done, not only for, you know, Manasquan River, but likewise in the state of New Jersey, like being in that same Absolutely. No, aura uh, with a name like that, that's got to speak volumes as well. Him, you know, being a winner of the stadium with Mr. Housen's incredible, doing it at Manasquan, um, like Mr. Housen's incredible. And, you know, their whole family is just incredible. You know, Bob Housen's done so much for us and taught us so much with, with golf and, um, and then Chris and Pat are, you know, both incredible individuals who, you know, are so supportive and um, they do so much for, for us, for our family. So I, we can't thank them enough for everything they do for us. And uh, just so happy to, you know, know them and get to spend so much time with them is incredible. And um, so, yeah, to, to be kind of, you know, connected to them is always a good thing. And, we're just so happy and thrilled to, you know, know such a great family and be a part of it. And he was actually, I think he was the good luck charm. That's when it started kind of turning around uh, when I saw him on seven. So hit a drive right down the middle, hit a really good drive. Actually, that was <laughs> one of my longer, longer drives of the week. It's not every day that on, you know, on seven, a 655 or 660 yard hole, you hit driver four iron. Um, but I saw him as a, we were waiting for the green to clear and, you know, he's kind of sitting in the car with Dimmick and, uh, you know, just looking over like, Oh man, like the legends here got to perform and then hit it on the, hit it on the green. I'm walking down and, you know, they're kind of sitting in the car watching by the green and kind of walk over, say hi. And, uh, he just looked at me and, you know, Bob Housen does, you know, he is some of the best, you know, motivational get your ass in gear 
type uh, comments. And he just looked at me and, you know, just said something along the lines of like, let's go, come on, make this putt or something like that. And uh, so hearing that is really cool. Uh, and it's something I'll remember forever. So I, I think to, to Mike's point from when we talked about it, about the local knowledge, to have Manasquan host this and its last two times have members from Manasquan win it, I think goes to show about that local knowledge, it, even in the 30 years in between that it did, that that's, that that's truly, uh, not everywhere you go does that, does that play such a big role, but clearly it does here at Manasquan. No, absolutely. Local knowledge is huge. Um, you know, there, there's so many things at Manasquan that it, it's very deceptive. There's some, especially with the greens, um, there's a lot of little slopes um, that, you know, normally you wouldn't see, but, you know, playing it so many times, like the seventh green, ninth green, those are just greens that, you know, are so difficult to get a gauge on if you don't really know what's going on. Um, because they look like they're severely sloped back to front and, you know, especially nine green, the front part, like you would never expect a ball to break towards the the river and the ocean. Like you would just never think that in a million years, you're just thinking, oh, it's back to front. It's going to break towards the front of the green. Um, so just little stuff like that. And then knowing, you know, playing the golf course so many times and kind of experimenting what shots I can hit. Um, where certain clubs go, um, like, like one is a good example. Like a lot of people are just kind of chipping a, I don't know, four or five, six iron kind of out short of that last bunker on the right, or they're hitting it over the left bunker and kind of having like an 80 yard wedge. Um, and you know, for me, it's, I can take out three iron and get it, you know, front edge of the green. If I hit it perfect, if, if not, it's just kind of just short, right? Like I was the last round, um, you know, I had a, had a really straightforward pitch made birdie. So it's just little things like that where playing it so many times and you experiment and you know what you're comfortable with, you know what you're not comfortable with. Um, I was actually really disappointed. Normally on four is another one where people just hit four, five, three iron, kind of get it out there, put a wedge in their hand and it is a blind wedge shot and I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of blind wedge shots off an uphill slope to certain pins, especially the right pin. Um, and if it's, if that holds any downwind, I normally just hit driver and I can fly those bunkers. I can hit the down slope and, you know, a couple days leading up to the event where it was firm, we hadn't gotten any rain. I was getting the ball within probably 15 feet of the front edge. So I'm, I'm actually really upset that the hole was never downwind for us because I really wanted to hit driver like more than anything. That was like the hole that I wanted to do it. <laughs> even, even Dimmick, I, I was talking to Dimmick before the event and I had mentioned that I, was, I wanted to hit driver there and he was like so against it and he was, you know, not for it. He was definitely letting me know it too. Um, where he's like, that's, like, that's just so dumb to, to even consider like, just hit the fairway, put a wedge on the green, make par. I'm like, yeah, but I I can get it within 15 feet of the green, so why not do that? And right. The, right. then that puts a putter in my hand. <laughs> right, like I'm making, I can make four from there. Who knows if I have a wedge shot? Maybe miss the green right. Actually, I did. I did do it once too. I missed the green right in that right green side bunker to a back right pin, and it was, I mean, unbelievable up and down. But by a driver, I never would have been there. So. 
always gotta look at it but yeah like it's it's just those little things where you play the course so much you can kind of have an advantage over certain shots and certain holes like i think 12 is another one where if you don't play it very often you can easily just kind of chip something out there ob is you know right off the off the right side like that's another one where i can get up and just hit a really good driver and put it green side so i, I think it's good that... problems to have it's good problems to have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do every event at manis one life would be really <laughs> listen and no offense i'm sure a lot of people would echo that jack yeah, I, I, i'll be dead honest so. i I, I I talk to a lot of the players after the after the tournament, and because obviously, and I know this comes up very very often that Ryan's never played the golf course, and I live and breathe the golf course. So, I I always like to hear what people have to say to see if my opinion is an unbiased one. And everybody that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of the people that were in contention, that were leaders after certain days, and everybody ranted and raved about how good the golf course was how nice of a spot it is. Um, so I don't know if you'd get anybody that said, like, this was a quirky, you know, it was a, a junk golf course in terms of, like, it tried to play games on you. Like, it was a fair test. It was a hard test, but it was a very enjoyable one as well. No, it was, it was fair. I mean, Matt Morrow does an incredible job. Um, and they they really do get excited for, you know, hosting these events, like, to kind of show off what they can do. And uh, they they proved it. The the greens were fantastic. The rough was very very penal, um, but it was fair. Like the 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 pins were in very good spots. They were very difficult, but they were. I don't think they really tricked them up at all, which is really nice to see. That you know, we don't have to trick it up in order for you know the golf course to play difficult. Um, and that's the nice thing about. Uh, Manusquan is the different factors that you know the wind plays a huge role. Um, if it gets a little you know firm and fast, that plays a huge you know huge role in it. So, um, hats off to Matt and his staff for you know the job they did getting it ready and having it play as, as difficult as it did. And uh, but it was fair, Jack. One of the more right, God, I was gonna say one of the more impressive things I saw was uh, you on the driving range before on that Monday and. And again, you've you've lived on that driving range, but watching you hit, th- like, like throwing sling hooks at that pole that's at the end, and being disappointed when you didn't hit the pole, is one of the crazier things ever. Because because like, I would be, and most people would be excited. Ooh, I hit that well. Like it moved really hard. Like you're slinging these like low stinger slings like hooking them then you're slicing them then you're hitting them high and aiming at the pole and like disappointed when you when you hit the pole <clears throat> that was yeah that was that was fun to watch i'm not gonna lie it was that was one of I, i'm gonna take that away as one of the highlights of my day there <laughs> i mean that's what you know makes golf fun like doing that stuff i mean it puts you in that mindset of like just messing around and I can't tell you how many times I've been on that driving range and whoever's there, um, be like, oh, I bet I could snap hook it from uh, aiming at like one green all the way over to the blue flag, which is the last one on the left. Like, I bet I can do that. And I've done it so many times where I just get up there and I'm just slinging hooks. <laughs> and uh, 
because you know you can't really do anything else like you can hit you know stock seven or i can hit stock seven eight irons and they're getting to the fence so you gotta you gotta find other ways to you know warm up the body a little bit so i mean those sling hooks like they're they're warming up the entire body like you gotta rotate you gotta be creative um and they're full swing like i'm i mean it's probably i'm probably swinging it as maybe not as hard as a driver but it's pretty close like i'm really swinging at them um yeah so just kind of doing that and it, it also helps with like hitting cuts then hitting draws then hitting high then low it really does sync up the body um which is nice and that that's my only goal is you know to get warm that's what i i mean growing up in manusquan we don't really have much of a range the range is used to get warm it's not to practice you know technique or something you know where you're putting alignment sticks down you're you're really working on something it's more of just like you're getting ready to go out and play the golf course so that's how i was treating it how uh, i i think that's usually looked at as a negative, I would imagine, that you can't hit driver. Like you said, you're hitting stock seven or eight iron and, and you're through the fairway. But being able to work at, from from a youngster, being able to work on all these other shots that like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to go to the range and I'm going to hit balls. Like rather than just pounding eight irons because that's what you want to work on, working on things like hitting hooks, hitting fades, hitting draws, like working on that, on those small differences between like, this is going to be a 30 yard hook to a, you know, a 10 yard draw. And and then the reverse, that must've been essential for you growing up to work on all the different shots that you have in your bag. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, look at Jerry wall. I mean, he's like the prime example of it. Like, <laughs> him us being not able to hit driver it definitely and he he would agree with this it it's definitely not one of his his greater clubs and it sh i mean it shows but that kid can hit a 40 yard hook he can hit a slice he can hit a high shot he can hit a low shot um and he can hit them more than i can which is pretty crazy because when he caddies for me he kind of gets in those you know if i'm in a situation where i got to hit one of those shots he's like the riskiest one he's probably recommending because he knows he can hit it. But honestly, that's what makes golf fun. The creative, you know, being creative and, you know, seeing what you can kind of do and push the limits a little bit. That's what makes golf enjoyable. That's what, you know, brings us back because you never know when you're going to get in one of those spots on a golf course. And then to be able to pull it off, that's, it's like the most rewarding feeling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes we wish we had a, a better range where we can, you know, actually work on stuff, but at the same time, like we wouldn't be how we are, we are without that range. So, um, and I mean, the golf course is so good. You can go out on the golf course and drop balls if you need to, in order to work on stuff. But, um, that range has, has played a big role and those mats have definitely played a big role, uh, in our lives. I know that I've had a wrist, uh, some wrist soreness a time or two in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I found that so, so interesting that you, you've been able to take a, a negative and turn it into a positive, you know, which has been really cool. I'd also say this, if you want to get creative um, and work on those shots, you and me, alternate shot, I can put you in those creative <laughs> positions all day long. I'm all for it. 
<laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's you say my, that now. That's my game, you man. I'm, you I'm, say my that now. My entire game is just a is... fair way. I think you're you're playing us, Jack. Jack, you say that now, and then you think you've seen all the parts at Manasquan, right? Yeah, you you're like oh, I've lived it. And I'm telling you, you would find some spots that you'd be like, "Wow, this is really I'm really at Manasquan River." <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike and I played uh, a week or so ago, and, and I don't think I was in my own fairway once for the entire day. So I got to see a lot of the course, which, which you know, which is nice. Nothing wrong with that. Especially an alternate shot when you're not hitting the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Jack, I, listen, I, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. I, I know that your schedule is beyond hectic. Um you know, I know, you know, the state opens going on to really today, you know, today's Wednesday in the sense of when it's coming out, um, you know, hopefully you're playing well. Um, but then you got the Western Am and, and listen, I hope, you know, when that's over, you're able to sit back and enjoy your summer before you head back to Texas Tech. But like we always say, like you're always welcome on the show and, you know, we appreciate you coming on the show and congrats again on, on winning the state Am. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Uh, as always. So. It's uh, it's always fun to get to come on here and talk golf with you guys. I I, I think we're gonna have to, you know how like Saturday Saturday Night Live has like the five timers jackets for people that have hosted the show five times. We're gonna have to, <laughs> Mike, maybe something we're gonna have to think about. Jack's Jack's creeping up there. Uh, yeah, Jack, thank you so much. And and uh, I do also want to say I appreciate you being so open. Uh, when I was out there, I tried not to bother you. Um, obviously, I was following you know a group of my guys and. Um, to be open enough that you wanted to chat on the course before the round, it was it was really uh, again it really kind of shows the person you are. So thank you for that and and good luck at the at the open and and at the Western Open too. Appreciate it. Thank you and thanks for coming to watch. It's uh, it's always nice to see familiar faces and you know, hang out and talk to and uh, yeah thanks for uh, thanks for everything. So no problem, bud. Be good. Good luck. Mm-hmm. 